Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome into another episode of Believe in Royals. I'm Jeremy Danner. Absent today is Alex Fuse. We are going to talk trash on him and give him a hard time, but I am so excited to be joined by Jason Hanna, uh, staff photographer for the Kansas City Royals and an all-around good dude. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for, for joining me this morning. Um, as we were saying before we started recording, I'm just such a huge fan of, of the work that you do, and I want to thank you for sharing your vantage point during the games with fans. Um, it's, it's funny, like when I look at, um, you know, photos that the world share from social or on the website or whatever, I feel like it's really easy to pick out and say, that's a Jason Hanna photo. Um, what to you, like, what are the hallmarks when people look at one of your photos? What do you, what do you see and what do you hope other people see when they look at your photos from the games? That's kind of a tough question. I don't know that there's uh, anything that I'm really trying to do other than, you know, show off the work and the talent that the guys bring to the field every day. Um, you know, the, the beauty of the stadium, the, just an overall, you know, look into, into what the Royals bring to this community. Um, the guys are awesome. I, I, I love working with them. Um, they, they put in so much work that so many people, you know, don't get to see. And it's just, it's one of those things where I want to make them look as good as, as I can, because, you know, I actually care about those guys. Um, it's, it's, it's not hard to, to make those guys look good because of the work that they do and the, and the, the capabilities that they have, but, you know, just trying to make sure that I show them in their best light and that the team in their best light is all I'm trying to do on any given day. Sure. I feel like, um, and this, tell me if this is a completely backwards comparison to disagree, but I feel like kind of what you do and, you know, the digital team, the social team, you're in a way, you're sort of salespeople for the Royals and salespeople for the game. And, and the way that I look at what I do for, for forehands is like, yeah, it's my job to sell these beers, but the beers are really good already. And yes. I, just need, I just need to make sure that people know about these beers and have the chance to try them and appreciate them in the best setting. And I think once people, you know, if they're drawn in by your photos or if they're drawn in by the way I talk about the beer, they try the beer or they come to the K or they have a chance to interact with the guys and they get it. So like a lot of times I feel like my job is just don't mess it up and don't get in the way of it while at the same time doing everything I can to showcase it. Yeah, I, I think you'd nailed it. Um, you know, to, to get to the point where you are a professional athlete in a, in a major sport, your, your talent level is unbelievable. Like these guys could go anywhere else in the world and would dominate. And, and it's, it's just unreal to get to watch them on a daily basis, do what they do. So realistically, all I'm trying to do is just show off what they do. And then when you get people in there, and they see it and they see the speed and they see the athleticism and they see all of the things that these guys are capable of doing. It's fun to watch. I mean, you're at the games all the time. I'm at the games all the time. And there's still, you know, times where I see Mondesi make a play or Salvi do something or, you know, Michael Taylor out in the outfield making a play. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Like watching the athleticism of those guys. I mean, the product sells itself. I think the, uh, the phrase like routine grounder is so ridiculously stupid. When you see, like I, I played softball with a brewery a few years ago and I, I like to play third base because it's fun to have the ball just drilled at you super fast. But you see these guys make the play in person and there's mm -hmm. nothing routine about it. There's nothing guaranteed in the game. No, not at all. I mean, you get a, a ball that's, you know, a line drive shot that has a 105 mile an hour exit velocity on it. I don't think people realize how fast that ball is moving. Um, and, and to be able to, you know, take two steps, pick it up and then, you know, cleanly throw it over to first. 
it's not a normal thing to be able to do as a normal person. And the amount of practice and effort that those guys go into making those things look routine is you know, kind of a testament to what they do on a daily basis. Have you, uh, have you tried to hit major league pitching before? I have not. Um, fortunately, I kind of know my limitations. <laughs> I realize that there's no point in me getting in that box. Um, sure. I might be able to lay down a terribly placed swinging bunt, but that's about as far as that would probably go. I have a buddy who has a, a batting cage in his basement. He does. Uh, he coaches like uh, youth youth baseball players, and we'd had some beers, and we went down into the cage, and he's like, you know, like I could I could hit seventy, I could hit seventy five, eighty gets a little dicey. He cranks it up to 95. Before he did that, I was like, I want a helmet if, if we're going to throw a 95. And yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't see the ball, dude. The yeah. machine would click to throw the ball, and I would hear it hit behind me. There's no way. Yeah. Like sometimes taking pictures, um, when the pitchers are warming up and stuff like that, I'll go behind Salvi or Gallagher um, when they're you know, kind of tossing in between innings. And you know, even those guys throwing at 85, you realize how fast that ball is moving and gets up on you. And I think it's a perspective a lot of people don't necessarily get to see um, regularly but it's, it's scary fast. Like it's, it's not a joke. And, you know, you, you see guys get hit or you see guys get, you know, tinged by balls and everybody's like, Oh, you know, be a man, take it, tough it up. And, you know, some guys are willing to do that. You know, Gordo, for example, but you know, to actually take that shot and to know what that's going to do to your body with a ball moving that fast. And those balls aren't soft. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, it's nuts. So it's kind of a scary thing and you got to have a, you know, a certain mindset to be able to stand in a box, especially, you know, crowding the plate and and, and wanting to to be in there as a batter. So yeah, I would, I'd be, (laughs) I'd be out of there for sure, man. Can we talk a little bit about, um, I mean, last year was weird for everyone in general. Um, uh, I I was excited just to be able to watch some baseball, any baseball that was exciting for me. Um, But you guys still had jobs to do. You know, can you can you talk about how how much you know last year was different for you and the challenges that you face, and then talk about what you appreciate so much more about things being closer back to normal this season? Yeah, um, last year was different. Um, you when you generally think of going to a stadium, the crowd is an inherent part of it. You know, the the, the home team advantage. You know, with the crowd cheering or you know maybe giving the, you know the other team a hard time, and it was gone. Like it, it was just. It, it was so different. It's really hard to explain because I've never seen anything like it. You, you know, maybe going to a, a kid's practice with nobody there cheering would be the closest thing I could think of when you're actually playing sports, but to be in a professional setting and you could hear a pin drop because there was you know nothing. You could hear what the other dugout was saying. You could hear what our guys were saying. And it was just, it was a different experience. Um, I was really, um, I felt really fortunate that we were actually able to play, um, you know, just giving people something to watch and something to, to grab onto and gravitate towards that was out of the norm, you know, for, for COVID times was, I, I think really special. Um, I think we were, you know, kind of one of those first major sports groups to jump on and people were able to, to jump back in with baseball and, you know, hopefully in some ways fall in love with baseball again, you know, some people tend to drift away and drift in and out when a team is good or bad, but you know, when, when things were going rough and we didn't have a lot to grasp onto just collectively as a, you know, as a city or as a, as a country or things like that, you know, baseball was there. And I, I thought that was really, you know, kind of a cool part of something we were able to do. Um, but just in terms of the experience at the stadium, it was, it was a complete night and day difference, you know, whether it's 10,000 fans, 20,000 fans, 40,000 fans, you still hear it. You still hear, you know, people cheering, people moving around, people just background noise, if, if nothing else. And it was just, it was gone. So it was, a. Uh, 
it was a really, really odd experience, but it made you appreciate what the fans bring to the game because it, it, it's just, it's so much better, like so much better with fans there. And even the guys have commented on it a lot when we first uh, kind of had fans back this season, they're like, man, I miss this so much. Or it's so great just to hear the fans again, because it, it, it brings an energy to them. So. And even, even going from, you know, the, the lowest level of capacity we had at the beginning of the season, I don't remember if it was a Thursday night or Friday night game where capacity was 17-4, and it wasn't full, but it was much more full than it had been, and mm -hmm. it felt more like a major league game, and, and you're right, there is there, there's that murmur, there's that, that sense of energy, that anticipation, it's like when you go into uh, like an empty bar, and it's quiet, and there's no music playing, and you're like, is this a funeral, or are we in a <laughs> bar, or what's going on, there's just, there's no noise, there's no indication that something might happen, um, but yeah, like being back at full capacity, I think I was there uh, last weekend on the, uh, the the night of the Jorge Soler bobblehead, and I sat next to strangers, and that was so weird. I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting next to people I don't know at a baseball game, and I was so excited about it because I I dig the banter that you have with the folks around you. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's fun to sit next to opposing fans because I want to welcome them to Kansas City. Yes. I want to make sure they have an awesome time at Kauffman Stadium. I want to make sure that they like know where to get good food and beer at the stadium and know where the like. I want to make sure people have a great time. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it is, it is neat seeing how many more people are there. And then obviously you're able to get back on the field this year and that changes everything. Right. Yeah. Um, being on the field, it, it gives us the, the kind of sports photos that you're used to seeing. Um, I, I will say that the year before was really challenging for me because I wasn't down on the field just due to protocols, but it made me kind of reevaluate where and how I was shooting throughout the stadium. It made me look at the stadium a lot different because, you know, trying to be creative instead of giving you the same ho-hum shots over and over and over again. Um, it, it really made me kind of no, not to sound cheesy, but kind of fall in love with the stadium again. I had to challenge myself to look around. I had to challenge myself for different angles and, you know, just, just try and give us something that wasn't the same thing over and over and over again, because it just kind of gets boring and repetitive at times. You know, the action on the field takes care of itself. And when the guys are doing amazing things, those photos are just, you know, they're great because that's what they do. And that's what sports photos are. But uh the, the beauty shots and the, the stadium shots. That's a really hard thing to do when you're trying to show off a stadium and it has no fans in it. So, right. you know, normally a great stadium shot is a full stadium. There's something scenic with it, but you know, there, there's people there, there's action, there's a, there's a feel to it. And when you have no fans in the stadium at all, that becomes a very difficult photo to make. So it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the photos that you guys share from the winter where there's snow on the seats, but it has a totally different energy than even just a random Thursday afternoon in May. Yep. Where, where maybe nothing great happened that game, but there's just a, there's a different energy. There's a different movement to that photo. Like you can hear, I, I feel like I can hear those photos when I look at them. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that's something the fans bring. So um, it, it's just one of those things where the photos get better because they're there. And the more people that we have there, the more energy and life it gives to the photo. And you know, that's kind of always what we're looking for. In, in reevaluating sort of how you were doing your job or, you know, like you said, falling in love with the K again, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, is there something at, at Kauffman Stadium or, uh, you know, inside or outside that you wish more fans noticed was beautiful? Because like, um, you know, I, I would give tours of, of Boulevard all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a place that I walked around every day for almost 12 years and sort of become um, not, not disillusioned, but used to it. You know, you, yeah. you, and you forget how beautiful all this stainless steel is or the brick but there was always something that someone would notice that I'd never really thought about. What's, what's that for you at the K that you wish people 
took more time to appreciate. I don't know that there's anything in particular that I can point out like that. But the one thing I do notice, I, I literally walk all over the stadium all the time to, to try and, you know, make things look different. And the cool thing is like, whether you're up in the upper deck in the very right-hand corner, or you're, you're sitting dead center behind, you know, home plate, they're in a bad view throughout the entire stadium. And I think that that's uncommon um, in a lot of areas where you go, you know, I've been to fortunate to, to go to a lot of different stadiums and some of them have kind of dead spots where the views aren't as good or you get blocked or things like that. And there isn't a spot like that in Kauffman. Like as a fan, you can literally go sit in any seat and enjoy the game and have a full like view of it. And I think that's one of the things that's really special. Um, you know, I, as, as Kauffman Stadium gets older, and I mean, it's obviously, you know, starting to, uh, you know, creep up there in age, it, its design was so far ahead of its time. Like it, it's just one of those stadiums that is, is it's timeless, it's classic. It, it, it's starting to fall into the conversation of a, you know, maybe not quite a Fenway or, you know, a Wrigley, but it, it's, it's getting close to that. Um, it, it's starting to be one of those confines that players love to come play in, players love to come look around. And when people have never been to our stadium and come for the first time, there's a lot to see. Um, you know, the fountains have great views, just, just the way that it's set up in the complex next to Arrowhead is unique um, in terms of sports, you know, complexes all around the country. Um, I, I think the tailgating is fantastic. Being able to enjoy it as a fan is just a, it, it's a, an incredible fan atmosphere you're in a great place to enjoy a game. Do you think we can apply the label cathedral to Kaufman yet? Are, are we there? I would like to think so. Um, you know, I, I definitely think if you're going to go on a baseball tour and you are going to pick, you know, five stadiums, it's one I think you absolutely should hit. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely some other ones, but, you know, as stadiums have gotten torn down and rebuilt, you know, I don't think that uh, Yankee Stadium has the same mystique as, you know, old Yankee Stadium or, you know, old Comiskey or, you know, some of those other places that are around. Um, you know, I think that as stadiums age, they kind of get better. But like I said, I think the way that Kaufman was designed, it's just, it was just so far ahead of its time. And just, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I feel like it's uh, there, there's so many opportunities for upgrading customization because of sort of the open design of the stadium. Yep. Um, it's always fun for me, and I, I haven't been to many stadiums as you have probably, but I host a lot of people from out of town at the K, and they're all, mm -hmm. I mean, Kansas City in general, people are blown away. They're surprised by how sneaky cool Kansas City is, um, but they get to the K, and they're like, this is incredible, Tanner. And I'm like, I've been telling you for, <laughs> for three weeks leading up to this trip, and it's one of those things where you, you try not to oversell it, you know? Yep. Like, you don't want people to get there and be like, oh, man, but I honestly don't believe you can oversell, um, you know, Kauffman Stadium, especially you're talking about the view people ask me where should I buy seats and I say you know buy, buy the best seats you can afford yep. you know if, if you want to get super close to the game that's great but then there are times you know you're so close to the game where you can't tell where the ball is you have to watch the outfielders um I'll, I'll never turn down a chance to sit in the crown club <laughs> no <laughs> but but when I'm in the crown club everything looks like a homer everything looks gone when it leaves the bat and I have to watch the guys and see where they are to figure out where things are going where if you were to go to a Royals game tonight as a fan, where would you want to sit? Um, Crown Club's fantastic just because of the food and the drink aspect. I mean, that, that, that's a real hard thing to pass up. Um, but if I'm actually watching the game, um, I think the seats out in left field, um, kind of behind the field where the fountains are, is a fantastic vantage point. Um, I think it's just one of those spots where you can kind of see the whole game. You can see the whole stadium and kind of take everything in. Um, 
I also think kind of right behind that media bay where I'm at most of the time in first base is a really good place to watch a game because you can you can see the pitcher and batter um, pretty effectively, and then you can kind of get also a uh, just a feel for where the game is going, how the game is flowing, and then you also get to see kind of the emotion and, and uh, the things from the guys as they're coming into the dugout. So I think that's a really good vantage point too. Sure. Yeah, I'm out there in the, in the, in the keep for 15 games a season, two or three, like right – Find the fountains, and I, I usually sit in the front row, right off the fountains. So yep. when we get a good when we get a good breeze, we get wet, and uh, it's going to be important this weekend if that happens. I'll, I'll dig the breeze, but I really like um, I like being in 420, and yes. I don't care how high or how low I am in that section. I can see the plate. I can see where the ball is on the plate. I can't judge height of the ball, so it's hard for me to tell if it's low or high. Yep. But I can I can very easily tell inside or out from up there. It's fantastic, and you can see everything happen in the infield as well. Yeah, 420 is fantastic. Um, like if you're wanting an overall stadium shot as a fan, like that little uh, landing area right when you come out and you're, you're walking onto the field and you've got that little strip in between uh, 419 and 420 or 421, um, it's a beautiful stadium shot. Like you yeah. can take a cell phone, hold it up, and, and you've got a great view and, and, and encapsulation of what Kauffman Stadium is. Um, I can go up there a lot to shoot. Um, that tends to be my my go-to for anytime we have like major flag shots or anything like that. We'll send somebody up there. And it's also one of my favorite places to shoot when there's no fans, like yeah. just because it, it actually shows off the stadium and, and everything that it has um, all the way through. So I think it's a great place to watch a game. It's funny. I'll, I'll post pictures that I've taken from up there and people will say, did you take this picture? They'll <laughs> say, I did. Because like, like you said, and you know, like we we're talking about not getting in the way of the stadium does all the work. Yep. Like all I really have to do is make sure my phone is straight. Yeah. And if not, I can adjust it with the crap later on. <laughs> yeah. Like it's when, when the sky's beautiful and the sun's just right, like it's, it's hard to not take a good photo of that stadium, especially from up there. For sure. When I, when I go to games by myself, I like to walk around and take photos from different spots where I normally mm -hmm. wouldn't go. I think that's really cool. And I often find myself, um, I'll be out like um, right behind the, the fountains, you know, as, as close yep. to dead center as I can get. I think that's a really cool view, uh, especially if the fountains are going, you know, during a break in the game or whatever. It, it's just, it's cool to explore and sort of like try to get outside of what I normally look at at the K. Yeah. And given that I go to so many games, I feel like I have <clears throat> a bit of a luxury that I can, I can miss a couple innings, you know? Like yeah. if I went to one game a year, I would be glued in my seat the entire time. But I, but I do like to get up and get a beer and, you know, sort of check out things um, from around the stadium. Yeah, I think there's a lot of vantage points that, that, that kind of lend themselves, especially if you can go and explore. Um, I think, you know, um, the, the, the open area concourses at both foul poles are a great place to shoot, um, especially if we're like a, an early evening game or you can get down, you know, right around sunset. Um, I think there's some great, you know, just easy cell phone photos that you could snap that, you know, like you said, look good. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to mess up. Um, but one of my favorite views, like it, it it's odd, obviously, you know, you want to be inside the stadium and shooting stuff, but you go outside the stadium and you go up to the bridge on the east side, um, kind of where it crosses over in between Arrowhead and uh, Kaufman uh, in the parking lot. Um, and you look when the sun is setting and like Kaufman Stadium is like glowing orange and it's just, it's incredible. And you, you see the parking lot full and you can hear the crowd and it's just, it's kind of a surreal experience to go out there, especially if, you know, the Royals are playing well and you can hear it um, to just kind of sit out there and and, and look at the view and see the stadium and know that, you know, things are happening in there. It's really cool. Some of my favorite shots are ones that you post when uh, like summer storm games, you'll, how late will you stay out in the parking lot waiting for those lightning shots? 
Really depends on the storm. Um, I'd like to say that I don't wait too long, but sometimes if I know something is, is really kind of coming, I'll stay out there for a couple hours. Um, my favorite shot that I ever took was one, it's kind of got like a purple tinge to it and there's lightning going across and I was outside the stadium on the west side. Um, I, hey, uh, I knew there was a storm. I was waiting inside the dugout and trying to get a shot of some lightning over Crown Club. And I was in the dugout after the game was called and done. And I was in there for three hours and I was like, nothing, 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 nothing happened. And I was, I was angry. <laughs> I was like, I, was like I, I just wasted three hours of my life for absolutely nothing that happened because all the lightning strikes were off to the side or way back and they didn't look very good. And so I like, finally, I'm like, I'm going home. I was like, this is just ridiculous. So I walk outside and all of a sudden there's like these three huge lightning and thunder claps that are right over Arrowhead. And I'm like, man, maybe there's something coming. Do I go back inside? What do I do? So I drove out to the, um, the West side parking lot, um, kind of right by the, the big grass Hill. And I'm like, I'm going to sit here for five minutes. And if nothing happens, I'm going home just because I'm not, I'm, I'm done waiting. It was like two o'clock in the morning at that point. And, uh, all of a sudden this streak literally comes all the way across over the top of the stadium. And I don't know why, but the sky went purple and I had never seen anything like it. And I was like, you know what? That was totally worth it. Yeah. I know exactly the shot you're talking about. Um, and I, I, I think I remember you posting it and I, I feel like you apologize because there's a water drop on the lens, yeah. right? I was getting pounded by rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love the idea. Like you, you post this amazing photo yet. You're like, I apologize for this spot. And people are like, dude, you're in the rain. It's okay. <laughs> But yeah, like as soon as you started talking, I'm like, I know exactly the photo he's talking about. And that's either that's either means I'm creepy or it's a testament to like how iconic your photos are. And I, I'd like to think it's a mix of the two, probably. Well, I'm glad that you like them. But, uh, you yeah. know, it's just one of those things where I, at the end of the day, I, I feel super fortunate to get to do what I do. Um, sure. You know, I, kind of the way I always explain it is I'm one of 30 guys that have my job in the world. And, you know, the the. the it's just, it's a blast for me to be able to be professionally compensated for really watching baseball and, yeah. and, and trying to make the guys look good. And it's, it's the coolest thing in the world. Um, you know, the, the job is fantastic in itself. And then when you, you factor in all the people that I get to work with, um, and I'm not saying this just as like a ho-hum thing, like I love like love everybody I work with. Our entire content team is incredible. I think they're all super talented people. Um, you know, our players are, are great and not guys that are like, you know, I'm a professional athlete. I'm not gonna, you know, spend my time with the fans. Like the guys love what they do and they're good people. Like there isn't a bad guy on this team that you couldn't walk up and have a conversation with and they would enjoy it. Um, the ops guys are fantastic. And just, you know, all the people around the stadium, I, I think they generally have kind of that, you know, Midwestern, I want to take care of you attitude and, and they have a general concern for the people that are around. And it's, it's so refreshing. Like it makes me want to come to work every day. Like I love, I love being around all of that. It's awesome. So it's, it's cool. We had uh, we had Joel Goldberg on uh, a couple episodes ago. And I think what makes Joel, you know, so great at his job apart from his talent is his ability to have genuine relationships with, uh, with players and, and folks from the team and I think that that equips him to tell their stories in a way that other folks couldn't just simply because of the trust that they have in him. I think they're probably willing to share a little more with him than they would most folks. And, and I feel like I, though I've seen you, you know, I've been lucky enough to be on the field for batting practice and I've seen you interact with players and I feel like you have that going on for you as well. Can you talk about, you know, like 
what what that means to you as far as like do you spend time you know getting to know players or do you sort of let that let them naturally come to you or how, how do you play that and how do you how do you make sure that is genuine because i i honestly believe if someone's comfortable with you you're going to get better photos probably oh, right you you nailed it like i think the biggest word that you put there is trust and you know um there are several times where you know i take a photo and the guys might not look great not because of what they're doing but because of you know, it, it just happened to be that split second where they might not look right or their body might be out of position or anything like that. And those photos never see the light of day. And that's just out of respect to, to kind of what they do and who they are. But I think over time, as I've gotten to do this, they've developed a trust level with me. They know that I'm always going to, you know, do everything I can to make sure that they look their best. And, you know, on top of that, if there's ever anything that they need, it's, it, it's just a, Hey, can you, you know, knock this out for me? And I'm, you know, I'm happy to, because again, that's just, you know, that's what I want to do for them. Um, they do so much for me and they provide everything that I'm shooting. I mean, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of those guys as best I can. So, um, you know, some other relationships, I'll kind of reach out and touch, you know, base with them and just, you know, introduce myself and talk to them. You know, some of them have formed more organically, um, you know, some of them are established at spring training when they're, you know, before they even see the light of a major league ballpark, you know, a lot of times my focus with those guys is really kind of developing those relationships at that point. So they know when they get to the, you know, the major league level, they know who I am. They know if they need anything, they can ask me, but, you know, it, it, I think it's important to realize that, you know, not every guy I deal with is going to make it to the majors. Not every guy that, you know, I, I interact with on a daily basis is, is, is a professional, you know, major league ball player there might be a minor league ball player but you know it it's one of those things where it doesn't matter i don't care what level you're at you know what whether you're going to be a, a single a ball player your entire life and that's as far as you go that's their moment that's their you know that's that's their time to shine in a a, a portion of their life that i want to help them document and, and, and create memories for so um i think that's one of the things that kind of helps me establish those relationships with them the most is it's not just a you know i only want to shoot the major league guys because right. you know, I mean, the major league guys, I'm going to get to see, you know, 81 games a year at home and then, you know, spring training. And if we do playoffs and stuff like that, I get to see them all the time. It's those other guys that I might not have the opportunity to shoot that, you know, I definitely want to do as much for as I can. For some of those guys, the, the first time and, and maybe the only time they put on that big league uniform, is that on photo day? Uh, sometimes, um, you know, obviously if they're, you know, it, it, with one of our minor league affiliates, that could be the only time that they actually put on the Royals jerseys in spring training. Uh, and, you know, that's a big deal. Um, you know, not everybody is going to be cut out to be a major league ball player. I'd love to think that, you know, every one of those guys has the opportunity, but sometimes it's just not the right fit or the right time, or there's somebody ahead of them that's, you know, might be keeping them down because we have, you know, fortunately some really, really good ball players that are on our major league team. And, you know, to, to overcome that, you know, it might not fit in the time slot. It might not be with our team. There, there's a lot of factors that could say, Hey, you're going to make it to the majors or you're not. It could be an injury. It could be, you know, just timing, but you know, it, it's hard to say who is and who isn't. So to, to put a, you know, kind of a, a priority on one person over another, you just never know who's going to make it. So if you try and, you know, take care of all of those guys, which, I mean, we have over a hundred, right. uh, it, uh, 
it, it, it becomes a lot to do. But at the same time, I think it's super important to, to treat it like that because I never know who's going to be our, our next Whit Merrifield or, you know, our, our Gerard Dyson coming out of the 50th round. Not that we have, you know, that many draft rounds anymore, but you never know the guy that's just going to suddenly blossom in the right system with the right people around him and, and explode onto the scene. So to, to try and guess that is, is tough. I mean, obviously you've got your, you know, Bobby Witts and Nick Prados and stuff like that, who we expect to get there, but, you know, there's just as many guys that show up like, uh, you know, an Edward Olivares or, or something like that, where you're like, you know, wow, where did this guy come from? So it, it's kind of tough to play and it's just easier to try and take care of everybody. Sure. Yeah. We talked to Ned Yost on one of the episodes and, and I asked him, um, how did everyone in baseball miss Whitmerfield? How yeah. did, how did no one see that coming? And he goes, you know, I was wrong. And it, it's crazy to think about. I was at a, uh, a fundraiser where uh, Alex Gordon talked about, you know, how hard it is to get to the major leagues. And the, I think it was Jason Kendall might have said this. He was talking as well. He said, if you've been at a sold-out game at Kauffman, there are more people in that stadium than have ever played in Major League Baseball since Major League Baseball began. And I think we just hit like the 20,000th Major yep. Leaguer this season. Yeah, it was a Mariner. Yeah. And that's that's insane, dude. That is, that is how insanely difficult it is to get to the major leagues. And if you go to games that you know, all levels of, of, uh, of minor league and, and majors, you'll see there's a, there's an amazing talent disparity. Um, you know, you can watch a guy, uh, I went to a double A game in, in Portland, Maine a few years ago as the Altoona curve playing the Portland sea dogs and the Altoona curve had this picture that was warming up and I'm like, Oh man, it's on. This guy is going to murder everyone. And yep. he did. But then you think about like that guy might never get a shot to even play in triple A baseball let alone the majors, because it's just exponentially more difficult, the skill level um, as you move up. So I think it's, it's interesting to see like, you know, someone that sees the players in that regard and where they care themselves, but it's, it's tough to predict who's going to be the next major league baseball player. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild. Like, especially if, if you're a fan and you have the opportunity to go to spring training um, and like actually watch the games and watch the guys work out. I know, you know, the last year we weren't able to because of COVID, but to go there as a fan is, is incredible. I think it's one of the, the single best like fan experiences you can have to go down there and, and actually watch them if you're a fan of baseball. Because not only do you get to see the talent of the major league guys, you get to see the talent of the minor league guys. And sometimes that, that talent gap is huge. But other times that, that talent gap, you'd be like, I don't see why this guy isn't playing. And sure. it's, it's, it's unbelievable how competitive it is from one guy to the next and how razor thin that level of competition can be to who gets the shot and who doesn't because some of the guy could spend his entire career in triple a in our system could be an all-star on another team but it's just because of circumstance and the way things have laid out and that's the way the career path has gone so it's just really mind-boggling to me when i actually sit down and think about that because you just never know it's like you know how did brad keller get away from an organization and then now he's pitching you know um it's it's just wild or um you know like jake brents you've got a left-handed guy throwing 100 miles an hour that has relatively good control how did he get away from anybody yeah. and it, again it's just it's circumstance so um you know maybe you had the right position at the right time with the right people and you just you never know so is he the most handsome dude in the bullpen he's pretty handsome he's not a bad looking guy uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I think Irvin Santana's got a really great smile, really yeah. approachable. Um, you know, there's a lot of good dudes around there. So it's, you know, it just kind of depends on what your cup of tea is. Yeah. The, the first game he came out, I'm like, man, that's a good looking dude right there. I like him. <laughs> so we, sure Randall was saying the same thing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we, uh, b- before we close out, we close out with, um, with, with fast five, which is five fast questions, but okay. I w- it would be an absolute waste of a, a half hour if we didn't talk about the, uh, the Whitmerfield Happy Gilmore parody commercial. <laughs> how, how, did, how, how did that come about? It's, it's brilliant, by the way. And to me, what's more brilliant than it, the, itself is the folks who missed the reference. Yeah. It is, it's shot for shot pickup of that. And so many people on Twitter missed it, which is the beauty of Twitter. But yeah, like, yes. what, what, uh, what brought that about? Was that Wit's idea? Uh, it was Wit's idea. Um, he, he came to uh, Sam and was like, hey, I, I've got an idea. I want to do this. And, you know, as always, you know, we're like, okay, let's do it. And uh, we, we started kind of, you know, planning everything out. And uh, Sam and Max were, were doing a lot of the video work. And uh, I was just there. I was kind of an alternate helping out, you know, holding scrims and taking a couple of pictures back and forth. And we knew that we needed somebody to do that kind of alternate, you know, subway guy. Uh, and I was like, I'll do it, you know, whatever. I don't have a problem making fun of myself. And I just tried to be as, as corny and cheesy as I possibly could. And, you know, it worked out. Uh, Sam uh, edited that and it was, it was, it was flawless. Like it's, it was perfect. It, it was hilarious. So uh, it was, it was, it was a fun experience. Um, hopefully we can continue to kind of do more stuff like that and show some of the guys' personalities off the field, because I think there's a lot of great ones. Um, I think there's a lot of fun that's, you know, had in the clubhouse and a lot of things that the guys are able to, to do that a lot of people don't see. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just thought it was super fun. It was, it was a great idea. So, you know, whether there's uh, more of them uh, or not, you know, hopefully there is, but uh, if there isn't, it was, it was definitely a fun one to, uh, to kind of work on. I mean, I think that's, that's what you guys do so well in, in, in the Royals as an organization is you give fans the, le- you know, the highest level of access to players that you can, depending yep. on the situation, um, whether it's FanFest. And you can be at FanFest and, and dudes are walking through the crowd. And you're like, do you know you're a Major League Baseball player and you probably shouldn't walk through this crowd? But they, they do anyway. It's nuts and they want to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what you guys do makes us care about the athletes as individuals, as humans. Yep. And to me, that's what makes going to the K that much more fun. Like, all if I have the chance to see professional baseball, no matter what level it is, when I'm on the road or, or wherever, I'm going to go. But I'm not as emotionally invested in it as I would be if I was watching the Royals play. Yeah, no, it's. I think that that kind of comes back to that 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 Midwestern kind of just hospitality type thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that we have not only player wise, but also the, the people that are taking care of the players that understand that there needs to be that, uh, that connection, um, as a small market team. Um, you know, Mike Swanson, our director of PR, all of our social team, um, Aaron, Max, Jesse, you know, Sam, uh, Mandy, um, they get it. And it's, it's fantastic. Like, uh, I, I think everybody kind of has a, a vision of, of what this team is and what they want it to be. But at the same time, they, they realize that you can't lose that human aspect of, of, of those guys. And, you know, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, but at the end of the day, you know, these are still guys, they still have families, they still have, you know, lives outside of baseball. And, and a lot of times it's really easy to look at the dollar sign of, you know, what they're making a year and just expect them to be robots and go out and produce. And there's more factors to it than that. Um, you know, some team has to win, some team has to lose. And, you know, sadly that's, you now that's the case, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're all good guys. And, you know, no matter how we're playing, whether it's great, you know, we're winning world series or, or, or having kind of a down year, you know, the guys care about the fans and it's refreshing um, because we see some other teams where, you know, people will not go out and do anything for the fans. They won't sign, they won't talk to them, they won't interact with them. And then you, you look at our guys and every single game, every single time they're, you know, 
they're they're engaging with the fans. They're joking around with them. They're throwing balls to them. They're 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 just doing whatever they can to make sure that you know people feel welcome and that they feel appreciated. And I think it's I think it's incredible. I think it's a great sport atmosphere to to be around. When we talked to Ned, I I, I thanked him for something that I saw him do several times is when fans were on the field for batting practice in that little roped off area, mm-hmm. Ned would come over every single game and thank every single person for being there. Yep. If he saw, if he saw a kid with a ball, Hey, can I sign your ball for you? Cause you know, kids are, you have kids, you know, they're nervous. They don't want to ask for things. Um, you know, they want to ask for everything at home, but you get out in public and they won't even order at the table or whatever. <laughs> um, but I was like, that's something that you as, as, as Ned Yost world series champion do not have to do. Nope. And he, he said, I, I want to do it. It's part of the culture. And it, it's cool to see that every day. Yeah. Like our, our players do a lot of things that they don't have to do. And I think that's awesome. And the other thing I'll say on that is a lot of times they do a lot of things that people don't even see where they don't want media around. They don't want all the cameras and stuff like that. And they want it to be an authentic and organic experience for those fans. Um, I take pictures of a lot of it for those individual fans and then, you know, for the players to have, but there's so many times that the guys are out doing things in the community that nobody knows about, like that isn't marketed that isn't like hey look at us we're doing all these great things it's just the guys genuinely wanting to go out and do that stuff and you know that's the stuff you can't replace that's how we build fans in a community and have the type of fan base that we have that actually cares about these guys because of the things that they're doing um they're incredible and you know i I say it a lot and i'm sure i'm going to sound like a homer or you know one of those you know rah rah you know guys but it's it's true um they're they're amazing and I can't say it enough that, you know, they deserve all of the fandom and, and the respect of the, the community that they get because of the work that they do behind the scenes that nobody sees, um, yeah. you know, and it's not just there. I mean, it's, you know, things like the urban youth Academy where we're, we're trying to, you know, help develop inner urban youth and give them a safe place to go and, and to experience baseball because, you know, baseball is not the cheapest sport at times for, for certain people to get into. And, you know, sometimes you don't have the right equipment. Sometimes you don't have the right things and, you know, them them going out there and spending their time again with with no fanfare no cameras and just going down to the academy to work with the kids because that's what they feel is important i mean it happens all the time you know some of our coaches do it some of our players do it some of our ops guys do it um it's it's incredible and and you know to to help those kids that would never ever have a shot at baseball or maybe even have a shot at a hot meal or you know a safe place to go where they they can you know not worry about things for a while it's it's awesome yeah those guys can take five minutes and like make someone's month or year. Yeah, for sure. It's like and five seconds of the time, man, can change somebody's life. It's incredible. You know, I mean, I can think <clears> of <throat> as a kid, you know, just at different times where I was fortunate enough to meet, you know, different athletes and stuff like that. And I remember every single one of them. Like, especially if you're a sports fan as a kid growing up, like that's life life changing. I mean, you see those kids that break down and freak out and start crying. It's because they have such an emotional response to that. And when you can generate that as a person, I mean, why wouldn't you go out and do that? You know, it it may, you know, obviously makes that individual feel good, but you know, at the same time, I'd like to think it makes you feel good, you know, to be able to, to have that effect. Sure. So you ready for the fast five? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what's the coolest moment that you've seen working that you wish you could have been there as a fan? Uh, wild card game, Salvi uh, hitting the ball, Christian Clone coming home, crowd going nuts. Um, I got to experience that obviously behind the camera, but um, to be able to cheer and run around and not have to you know, be buried in my camera would have been incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was hugging, kissing dudes that I didn't know, it was incredible. 
probably the best baseball game I'll ever go to, you know, uh, one of the, it probably was mine. Uh, the other one was 95 in Seattle when they beat the Yankees. Um, I, I was there as a fan for that one. Um, but it, like, I've, I've never heard anything so loud as what the stadium sounded like when, when Salvi hit that ball. I mean, it was, it was deafening. It almost went quiet. Yeah. I still get goosebumps thinking about it, man. Yeah, me too. Every, every time, dude, <laughs> every single time, dude, it's yep. incredible. Yeah. Um, apart from, so we, you know, you just talked about Salvi apart from Salvi, who's the most photogenic Royal right now. Oh man. Um, we've got some good ones, but I would have to say Monty. Um, dude just looks good in front of a camera, no matter what he does. And even when he's in the field, like athletically, some of the things he does, he just, he's, he's very easy to shoot. Were you, um, was it Sam's footage that had the the shot where Montessi threw the ball over the umpire to wit? Yeah, where he flipped it over him? Yeah. Yeah, Sam shot that. I had to watch that like 12 times to even figure out what happened. Yeah. It looked like he threw the ball through the umpire. Yeah. No, he kind of flipped it up over his head and it just like a little lob and then came, it was, it was wild. Like that was just such an incredible play and he made it look so average. Yeah. And it was so far from an average play. Like the amount of difficulty that went into that was unreal and off the charts. And it, it just looked like so simple. Yeah. Well, I think he made it look so simple. And then the shot and the editing, it all looked so slick. Yeah. And I'm like, I showed him my wife. I'm like, we're going to watch this 20 times. It's like, <laughs> there's so much to see. It, it was incredible. Yeah. He, he's a guy that he kind of lights up. Like Salvi just like lights everything up. And I think mine is one of those guys too, but, but in a different way, there's a, a little more, like there's this intensity with Montessi all the time where Salvi's, you know, he's this jovial guy, but he's serious. But yeah, that's a good call on, on Montessi for sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, next up. So testament, uh, not to side note that, but also oh, a good testament to Sam for, uh, you know, his, 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 his capabilities as a, you know, a content creator, um, both photographically and uh, on the video side, the dude's just, just unreal. Yeah. This is, this is Sam Lutz we're talking about. If you, if you're on Twitter, Instagram, find uh, Sam Shazam. His stuff is incredible. Definitely, definitely, definitely yeah. worth a look. Um, His non-baseball stuff is great too. But if you're really into baseball, yeah. And all around awesome guy. So he's a good dude. All right. So which one of your photos is worth more than a thousand words? That's a question from uh, my co-host, Alex, who couldn't be here. Oh, man. Um, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it's hard to pick. That's like, you know, asking which one your favorite kid is. Um there's different moments and different emotions um, for, for, for several of them. You know, there, there were some associated with, you know, our world series run. There are some of them that are associated with uh, first time. Um, but I think if I had to pick one, um, it would be probably more on a sentimental note, the one of Jordano where he's pointing up to the sky on the mound. Um, like I, I miss that dude a yeah. lot. Um, That's the photo that you guys put up um, the, the day you passed when fans came out to the stadium, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, that was a tough one. Uh, I uh, When I was first starting with the club, um, the very first spring training I went to, we used to have this really like small work area um, to work in. It was literally like a shelf. And then there was uh, a couple computers on the other side for the guys uh, doing ESL, learning how to speak English. And every day when I was in there, Giordano, would be in there uh, while, I, while I was editing. It was kind of his time to go in there and work on his uh, English studies. And so we kind of became friends at that point before he was even up and he was you know doing his thing in the minors. And uh, 
kind of became friends and, you know, we'd laugh as he was learning to pronounce things and he would ask me and I would try to speak Spanish and it was just a, a hot mess and gross. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we kind of became friends and, you know, every, when he got to the majors every day, when I was walking to the photo well, after shooting some of the pregame stuff, we'd fist bump. So um, he was just one of those special guys, um, electric. Uh, a lot of people saw his fire and his, you know, tenacity, uh, which, you know, some people thought might've been a little over the top at times on the field, but um, one of the most genuine and heartfelt and amazing guys I've ever had the you know opportunity to meet. Um, it's just kind of one of those old souls in terms of the way he treated people. So it was definitely, uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, I can see that photo. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I, I feel like a creeper, but like the, these photos you've talked about, I'm like, yep, it's right there in my mind. I can see it immediately. <laughs> so that's and kudos to you, man. Um, if it came down to it in a uh, in a blowout, could you uh, could you mop up as a pitcher? I think I could throw it in there sixty. I could yeah. I could do some ass studio changeups. <laughs> you, you could get it over the plate, yeah. Yeah, I, I throw enough BP to my son that uh, I, I could uh, I could definitely get it over. Awesome. And then the final thing I want to ask you, you know, it's, it's great that you mentioned your son. Um, I, I see your photos that you post of, uh, of, of your kids playing baseball. Um, and, and my son doesn't play baseball yet, but can you compare the joy or just talk about the differences between what you experience watching the big league guys succeed and what you experience watching your son succeed on the field, given that perspective? Big, yeah. Um, the big league guys is great because that's what they have worked for their entire life, like to, to experience that success, to have success on the field and, and to know that they've put in the amount of work that they've had uh, to do and, and, and to see them actually realize that work coming to fruition and, and collectively having success as a team is, is really cool to watch. Um, it's fun. It's exciting because the fans get involved in it. It brings the city around and all of those things are, are, are great for Kansas City as a community. Um, and it's, it's just fun. Like it, it's great. Um, as a dad though, there is nothing better than seeing your kid be successful or to find joy in anything, whether it's, it's sports or gymnastics or you know, softball or baseball or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, like seeing a kid like genuinely smile and know that they're really having fun at something and feel like they accomplished something is the coolest thing in the world. Um, it's, it's better than any sports photo I've ever taken. It's better than, you know, any, anything I could do like to, to watch them have joy is the greatest thing about being a parent. Yeah. Like if I could pick, like if I could pick seeing a walk-off grand slam tomorrow night, when I'm at the K or watching my kid score a goal in his soccer game on a Saturday morning where they don't keep score. I'm yep. picking that goal every time, every time, without every question. time. And I love, I love walk-offs. I love grand slams. I love the long ball, but watching, watching my son score a goal. That's the best in the world, dude. Yeah, like you just you, you just see them come off and they have that just that that pride and that that feeling of success and that feeling of like, hey, I did that. And it's it, there's nothing better. Like I think that's why people love sports. I think that's why people fall in love with sports is that feeling. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they can experience that in, you know, whether it be sports or anything else, I think that's that's so cool as a parent and gratifying as a parent to to have that experience of watching your kid be successful at something. For sure, man. So before we wrap up, uh, tell people where they should find you online and follow you uh, to check out more of your work. Um, Instagram and Twitter, it's at Jason Hanna Photo. Um, that's about it. <laughs> 
I don't do too many of the other platforms. Uh, I'm not much of a online guy. I don't think I would do it at all if you know, it wasn't just for posting pictures for people to see of the team because I'm proud of the work those guys do. So, Well, cool, man. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me this morning. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. I'm a huge fan of you as a dude as a human. Um, so it's been <laughs> selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, I was just excited to, to chat with you and catch up. I was telling my wife, I'm like, I get to talk to Jason by myself for 45 minutes. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I've really been looking forward to this and I appreciate you uh, rolling up the punches on scheduling changes. And, and thanks for being on an episode of Believe in Royals, man. Dude, I'm happy to be here and uh, hopefully we can uh, go grab a forehand soon. Yes, please. And I will, <laughs> I will see you at the K dude. I will be there. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. You got it, brother. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.